You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. BYU, bitten by the injury bug. What is the impact of Hinkley Ropati as well as Matt Bushman's injuries for the BYU football program? We'll break that down on today's show. We'll break down some of the comments from both Kalani Sitake as well as Kenya Matalolo from their weekly press conferences yesterday. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Need to continue with the player countdown series. Who is the best former Cougar to have worn the number six? Pretty stellar list of finalists in that group. We'll break that down for you. And it's all brought to you today by our good friends over at rockauto.com as well as Biomat USA. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 1st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show, and I wish I had better news for you guys, but let's start off with the bad news. We'll get to the better news and the good news here in just a little bit, but let's start off on the injury front. Brutal news out of BYU yesterday as I broke on Twitter at both Locked On Cougars and Jacob C. Hatch. You can follow me and get the latest scoop on everything going on with the Cougars there. But I broke yesterday that both Hinkley Ropati as well as Matt Bushman have been lost for an indefinite period of time. Ropati was injured Friday during BYU's final scrimmage of fall camp. It appears that he will have season-ending knee surgery for an injury that he suffered during that scrimmage. And that's a brutal loss for the running back group for BYU. BYU, considering they already lost Devontae Henry Cole to a graduate transfer to Utah State, as well as the departure of Bruce Garrett uh, during fall camp. So all of a sudden, the running back group for BYU looks pretty thin, all things considered. On the depth chart that was revealed yesterday, the first depth chart of the season, they had Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier on the depth chart yesterday with an oar between their names, meaning they are the co-starters at running back for BYU going into the Navy matchup next Monday night. And now it appears that with Hinkley Ropati's injury, Jack Jackson McChesney moves into that number three role for BYU at running back. Behind McChesney, it's anybody's guess. Luke Andrada as well as well as Javel Brown were both moved to the position earlier on in fall camp. Could one of them step up here and be the fourth running back if BYU really needs it? Sure. There are also probably some walk-ons on there. I believe Chase Wester is still on the roster, a walk-on from Georgia. And it just doesn't look good for BYU in the running back group right now. Is there a more cursed position for BYU currently than running back? Over the past three seasons, I can think of at least, I think, 10, 11, 12 running backs who have seen significant carries. And I mean, essentially, you are the lead back for at least a game in BYU's offense. And it's just brutal. Ever since Jamal Williams uh, hung up his cleats at BYU and moved on to the NFL, seemingly it's been a revolving door for BYU at running back. And Hinkley Ropati wasn't necessarily going to come in and I think take the world by storm, but he was going to play a significant role for BYU on offense. And it's brutal for a young man like that to come in from Cerritos College, really be excited to join the program, stand out in fall camp, and then the last day of fall camp officially, the final scrimmage of fall camp, you suffer what appears to be a season-ending knee injury. That is just 
just the epitome of brutality, and I wish Hinkley Ropati the best as he moves forward. Now, more importantly, there's a major, major injury that I broke late last night on Twitter, and that is that Matt Bushman, at the conclusion of BYU's practice yesterday, he actually concluded practice because he went down running a play during practice for the Cougars, appeared to be a non-contact injury according to my sources, and then had a lower leg injury of some sort that BYU trainers had him carted off the field. There is concern that it might be season ending, obviously, because when you're carted off the field, most guys will think, okay, that's probably him done for a while. As I said on Twitter last night, the exact nature and severity of the injury as well as a potential return to play timeline, a rehabilitation timeline, have not been determined at this point. He'll undergo an MRI and other scans to make sure everything checks out and identify what exactly is wrong. But that is just another brutal, brutal injury for BYU to lose their leading receiver for the past three seasons, a bona fide NFL draft prospect who was thought of as a guy who could potentially go in the mid-rounds of the NFL draft. I'm talking rounds three through five if he had a good senior year. Would have set himself up very nicely to have a good senior year for the Cougars this fall and then go into the NFL next year. But now it appears that Matt Bushman may have to rehabilitate and come back for yet another season to really reestablish his NFL draft stock. And the problem is the clock is ticking on Matt Bushman. He's a return missionary, a guy who could have gone to the NFL this past season, likely probably would have been a fifth to seventh round draft pick. And he felt like he could improve his draft stock with another big year in a BYU uniform. And I don't think anybody can blame him. And by the way, any of you who are listening to this right now, let me just step aside for a second here. Any of you listening to this right now who think that the strength and conditioning staff at BYU is the problem with both of these injuries, I can tell you this much. They're not the problem. Achilles injuries and ACL injuries, they can happen at any point. Both of these appear to have been non-contact injuries. Guys were not hit to suffer these injuries. Matt Bushman, earlier on in fall camp, was wearing a boot as recently as last week. He'd been seen wearing the boot and telling people that it was a precautionary measure. And that leads to some concern that he may have had something going on with an Achilles or something in his ankle or lower leg that could have led to what appears to be a much more serious injury. It has him out now for an indefinite period of time. It's just a brutal, brutal turn of events for BYU. And I just look at this and it's just not uh, what you want to see for BYU as they prepare in six days to play their first game of the college football season. You lose potentially your best weapon on offense, an emerging prospect at running back. It's just, it's just, it's just awful. Plain and simple. It's just awful for BYU. Additionally, I can tell you guys this much. I think I talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week, but Jaron Hall has been sidelined. He's not been participating in team portions of practice for the majority of the past two weeks. Baylor Romney, as I already reported, is the backup quarterback for BYU behind Zach Wilson, who was officially announced as the starting quarterback yesterday with the revelation of the new depth chart. But it's going to be Zach Wilson, then Baylor Romney, and until Jaron Hall is fully healthy, and it appears to be a hip issue for for Jaron Hall, and his timeline is still TBD. He's been out for the majority of two weeks, like I said, has not been participating in team drills, has done some individual work with the quarterbacks, but with him likely probably shelved for this game coming up against Navy, that puts Soljay Maiava-Peters as your emergency number three quarterback for the BYU football program. So I'm just telling you guys, Monday, speaking of yesterday, was just a brutal day for me as a media member. I take no pleasure in reporting the news of injuries for these young men because these are significant injuries. These are injuries that could uh, curtail careers, could end up costing guys potentially millions of dollars at the next level. You think of a guy like Matt Bushman. 
In my opinion, he should have gone to the NFL this past year. And you can go back and listen to the podcast I talked about when he was trying to make the decision about whether to come back or whether to go and declare for the NFL draft. I was of the opinion that he should have gone to the NFL this past season. And it's easy to look back now after him suffering an injury like this and say, you know what, you just cost yourself. Who knows what might have happened, but he would have at least had some financial compensation for having gone into the NFL, regardless if he was drafted in the latter rounds of the NFL draft or was a high-priority free agent, no matter what it was, he would have had some compensation while rehabbing this injury. Now he has to focus on rehab and really consider, wow, did I screw up my chances at playing at the professional level? The nice part about a guy like Matt Bushman is he has people in his corner who will be able to really rehabilitate and help kind of get his mind right as he goes through this, what appears to be a pretty significant period of rehabilitation. Chad Lewis, his father-in-law, well, his career was ended due to a Liz Frank injury in the NFC title game. Think about that. To be on the cusp of playing in the Super Bowl, the biggest game in all of football, and to lose it right there with an injury catching a touchdown pass to help lead your team to the promised land, That's brutal in his own right. But I think a guy like Chad Lewis is somebody that Matt Bushman can now lean on, as well as his coaches and his fellow teammates, and really hopefully get things back in order. So now for BYU at running back, it appears it's going to be the uh, Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier show, Jackson McChesney in a backup role there. At tight end, though, it means that Isaac Rex now steps to the forefront for however long Matt Bushman is out. If it's a season-ending injury or significant period of time, we don't know currently. We'll have more on that as we... uh, uh, pass pass it along to you guys, but it appears that Isaac Rex, it, it is his position now at tight end. Carter Wheat and Lane Lunt, a junior college walk-on transfer, will be the backups to him. Uh, Hank Tui-Pelotu is coming off two reconstructive ACL surgeries in his own right. Is still waiting to be cleared at tight end, but could be a contributor in that right. And also Bentley Hanshaw, return missionary, skinny kid, uh, speaking of a tight end, weighs about 220 pounds, but if needed, he could potentially uh, produce something for BYU. So the young tight end core now gets their opportunity to step to the forefront with their senior leader, apparently sideline for a significant period of time. So just like I said, just a bad day. It's just one of those days that just makes your stomach turn because you feel for these young men. They have put their heart and soul into playing the sport that they love and to see brutal injuries pop up like this. It just reminds you of the brutality of the sport itself, speaking of the sport of football, but also just how heart-wrenching it is when these young men do suffer these injuries that really do take significant periods of time to rehabilitate from and then get back on the field and see what they can do at that point. So we'll see what happens, guys, but a lot to break down and a lot still to be found out with regards to Matt Bushman, the severity and the nature of his injury. We'll bring it all to you guys as we have done so every day for the past two years, by the way. Uh, We have hit the two-year mark with this podcast, folks. We are 580 plus episodes into it, and it's been an absolute pleasure being along for the ride all this time with you guys. All right, coming up here in just a second, let's get to some of the sound from BYU's weekly press conference. Kalani Satake speaking to the media yesterday. We'll also let you hear a little bit from Ken Niamatololo, uh, Navy's head coach, not BYU's head coach, Navy's head coach. Maybe at once upon a time was considered to be BYU's head coach by certain people, but we'll get to both of those guys, get some of the sound from their press conferences yesterday here in just a moment. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by rockauto.com. We just talked a lot about rehabilitation from injuries. Well, if your car is injured, and I don't mean to really downplay what's going on with BYU football, but bear with me for a moment here. If your car needs something fixed on it, whether it might be a broken tail light, you need a new steering wheel, you need to replace the carpet in it, the floorboards, no matter what it might be, rockauto.com has all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need, and I mean that sincerely. This is a family-run company, been online serving auto online auto parts customers for 20 years, and they want to take the sting out of repairing your vehicle. All of the parts are always available online for reliably low prices. You can search, customize your search to exactly what you're looking for for your car. All you've got to go to do is go to rockauto.com, search out your vehicle, the model name, the year, etc. And then you can search by specification of what you're looking for for your vehicle, the exact specs, the price, uh, the manufacturer, if you have a certain manufacturer you prefer. Check it out, guys. Rockauto.com is the right place for you guys to go. Gone are the days of having to go over to the auto parts store and saying, hey, I need this part. Well, we've got option A or option B. Every option that's available under the sun is available at rockauto.com, guys. And the best part about all of this, all the parts from rockauto.com are shipped directly to your door. It's a fantastic way to take care of your vehicle that takes care of you guys each and every day, getting you to and from point A to point B and back again. Check it out. That's rockauto.com. When you stop by, make sure to mention Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that that you know that we sent you guys. That's once again, mention Locked On when you stop by rockauto.com. rockauto.com amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. All right, let's let you hear a little bit from BYU's weekly press conference yesterday, the first one of 2020. Kalani Sitake speaking to the media via, via Zoom conference, kind of a new experience, but we've been used to this for the past few months with BYU really transitioning over and most of college football and sports in general doing press conferences via Zoom conference. But Kalani Sitake speaking to the media yesterday had a lot of great thoughts. And if you want to hear the entirety of his media session, went for 25 minutes almost, I feel like, you can go to 1280thezone.com. Search out the BYU tab, and it'll be right there for you guys. Also, player audio from Zach Wilson, Tristan Hodge, as well as Kairos Tonga, who also spoke to the media yesterday. But let's start things off here, letting you hear a little bit from Kalani Sitake. BYU obviously announcing yesterday that Zach Wilson will be QB1, the starting quarterback for BYU when they take the field against Navy next week. Well, what led to Zach winning the job? Here's what Kalani had to say to the media about that. I think he's healthy, number one. Uh, I think that he had a great offseason, not having to rehab or anything like that. I think it was a, able, he was able to just master his craft a little bit more and, and improve his game. And he worked really hard during the offseason, just having that another year and, and more time under his belt and understanding the system. I think fall camp wise, it was, you know, this is third fall camp. Instead of trying to establish himself as a player, now he's trying to compete, which is going to have to do every time, compete and try to solidify his spot. But within the midst of doing that, he was able to work on his relationship, his timing, iron out some things that, that he wanted to make become his strengths as a quarterback and, and it showed. Every position is going to have to compete. We'll play the best guys and he definitely earned it. There you have it. Zach Wilson as good as ever, as healthy as ever and really out there slinging the ball around. My reports from my insiders down there at BYU say that he looks as good as he ever has in a BYU uniform and that should be welcome news to the ears of BYU fans especially amidst what we heard earlier on in today's podcast. Two injuries to key players on that BYU offense. Zach Wilson 
is going to have an important role, might be the most important role for BYU. First thing, he needs to stay healthy, obviously. But if he stays healthy, I think he'd have a really big year this year. Obviously, losing your top pass-catching tight end, your top pass-catching target overall, and Matt Bushman is not going to help that. But, hey, Zach Wilson, as I said, has looked very, very good making plays with his feet and with his arm. And I think it's going to be a real help to BYU's offense to have a fully healthy Zach Wilson once again. Obviously, BYU yesterday was a week out from their opener at Navy. They're now inside six days getting ready for that game. Well, Kalani, I asked him yesterday, day what is your excitement level what is the feeling around the team as you get ready for a game now that's just over a week away oh, excitement with everything that's been going on especially during the fall camp and a lot of uncertainty even going on with scheduling and stuff we know that this has now been down to single digit days and now it's within the week i think the guys are kind of transitioning to feeling a little bit normal getting some some of that normal feeling back and going to school i mean we're wearing masks we're doing all that stuff that we can to do it the right way but it's just showing that we're trending towards something Something that can possibly return back to normal life. There you go, Kalani Satake. He wants things to approach getting back to real life. Well, we saw college football last Friday, no, last Saturday, excuse me, when we saw the FCS kickoff game in Montgomery, Alabama, the University of Central Arkansas taking Austin, taking on Austin P. Some fun times there with the FCS level. There'll be games beginning on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. And then, of course, BYU plays Labor Day evening against the Naval Academy. And you can tell Kalani Satake and the BYU football program. They want to be part of the solution. They want to help people really understand, you know what? Life's not all that bad. We have college football back. Obviously, 54 programs at the FBS level will not be playing. BYU, as I've said before, and I'll continue to say, has a very unique position this year as the only team west of El Paso, Texas, west of the Rocky Mountains, to be playing football this fall. It is a massive, massive opportunity for BYU and looking forward to that. On the other side of things, on the Naval Academy, Kenya Matalolo spoke to the media yesterday as well. He has a big concern with the size of BYU's offensive and defensive lines as they get ready for this game. Here's what he had to say about that. It's a big concern for us. They're front on both sides of the ball, very physical. They're well-coached. I mean, they're a really well-coached football team. You just look at the teams that they played with. They played with a lot of power five people. And up front, they didn't look out of place. I mean, they matched up against Tennessee up front, Wisconsin, USC, you know, Obviously, they play Utah every year. Very physical front. That's going to be probably one of my biggest concerns, Randy, because the way we've been practicing. It's kind of like hitting uh, punching bags for heavy bags for a while. And then all of a sudden, you go get in the ring, get hit in the face first time. So that will be interesting to see how that goes. But that's a major concern for us. There you go, Ken Niamatololo. And it's not all that surprising to hear him talk about that because at all of the service academies, the Naval Academy, the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, or Army as we call it colloquially, also at Air Force, size is a concern because you have to have guys at Air Force Academy. Well, can you fit guys who are six foot five, 330 pounds into a cockpit of a jet? No, you can't. At Army, these guys have to be battalion leaders in the ground forces, leading troops. Well, there's size restrictions even at the Naval Academy with guys. If you want to be in a submarine, you can't be that big. They still have some pretty good-sized linemen at the Naval Academy, but rarely do you see guys tipping the scales at 300-plus pounds. I think their starting center this year for the Naval Academy weighs in at 265-ish pounds. A guy like Kairos Tonga should be thinking, you know what, I weigh 320 pounds. I'm absolutely going to bull rush these fools and really take things over. Well, 
of course, Navy's going to cut block a lot. They're, that's how they kind of neutralize things. If you've watched BYU football for long enough, you go back far enough. The Air Force Academy every year. I remember talking to BYU football players. I actually know multiple who still talk about just the nightmares they had of the cut blocks they faced from the Air Force Academy under Fisher DeBerry. And it's just something that goes with Academy football. But BYU has a significant size advantage in both the offensive and defensive lines. And it's not surprising to hear Kenny Met- Kenny Amatololo, excuse me, really kind of talk about that. And the hope is that BYU can use that size advantage and it becomes a strength for them as they go into this matchup. I am excited to see them play. I think BYU is preparing diligently for the option as best they possibly can. The biggest thing will be being assignment sound, especially on the defensive side of the football as they try and slow down what Navy tries to do on offense. One final thought here for you guys uh, from Ken Niamatololo. He also has some thoughts on the BYU offense overall and in particular what Zach Wilson brings to the table as a starting quarterback for the Cougars. A ton. Their offensive line is well-schooled. Their veteran group, you can tell they're well-coached just by the way they play. They're well-coached and they're physical. So those are bad combinations, you know, and they, they know what they're doing. But Zach Wilson, he just does so many different things. You know, a lot of this stuff comes off the run game, but he's a guy that can get on the edge. And I've said this before, he can throw on the run. He can throw from different angles. You know I mean? He doesn't have to have his feet set and, you know, he can sidearm it. Similar to a lot of Mahomes stuff, just, you know, his angle of his his ball release is at different places. He just finds a way to get the ball completed. But just the things they do with him, moving the pocket, their run game, their physical line, their matchup problems that Bushman presents, there's a ton of issues. Like I said, he's been playing for a while too. Zach Wilson has been playing there for a while. So he knows their system inside and out. So it's going to be a tough game for us. Some pretty high praise there, saying that some of the qualities that Zach Wilson possesses are Pat Mahomes-esque. He's not saying that Zach Wilson is Patrick Mahomes. I have had that misconstrued about myself on this podcast in the past. I'm not saying that Kenny Matololo said that Zach Wilson is Pat Mahomes, but he said some of the tools that Zach Wilson possesses make him Pat Mahomes-like. And it's not all that far off because Zach does have the ability to throw from multiple angles, be able to throw on the run, off base, all the different things you heard Coach Niamatololo talk about. And I think this is going to be a fun game, folks. I am super excited to see these two teams square up. The chess match that is BYU's multiple offense against a pretty stout Navy defense. We need to break that down more in depth later this week. We'll probably do a, more of an in-depth look and talk about, okay, what is BYU's strength against Navy's defense? and vice versa. We'll do more of that later on this week. And we'll do it for also the BYU defense versus the Navy offense. This is going to be a fascinating matchup of just seeing how these two teams react to one another. I think Navy comes in less prepared than BYU because they haven't been necessarily practicing as long. They also haven't been going full go with ones versus ones like BYU has at points during their fall camp. And We'll see what happens. This is going to be a game of adjustments. It's the first game of the year. You're not ultimately sure what you're going to see when you get out onto the field there, but that's why you play the game. You see what happens. You throw the ball up, to use the basketball expression, but you kick the ball off and you let the chips fall where they may. So it should be a fun matchup. We'll have more on this as the week progresses heading into next Monday night and couldn't be more excited to be covering BYU football this time of year. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll finish up the show with our player countdown series as well as a couple other tidbits about BYU sports may not have heard or we need to touch on on today's show. We'll get to all of that in a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. I've talked to you guys a lot about this company over the past few months, but there's a critical urgent need for you guys to be donating your plasma right now. Why? 
Well, plasma, the stuff that comes out of your blood, actually goes into all kinds of different medicines and medical technologies to help out your fellow man. A myriad of illnesses are treated with plasma, and they need your plasma at Biomat USA. Additionally, right now with the COVID-19 virus is really just wreaking havoc on our planet. You all know this. It's a global pandemic. Well, Griffles, the parent company of Biomat USA, is actually looking into how convalescent plasma, which is the plasma of people who have recovered from COVID-19, COVID-19 can go into helping fight this disease and potentially find a cure for it, uh, find a vaccine, if you will. Well, if you've had COVID-19, they'd like to talk to you guys. You can stop by Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right there at the intersection of both State Street and University Parkway across the street from the University Mall. You know exactly where I'm talking about. If you know where the Big Five is at, right behind the Big Five there, right next to the Sizzler, really easy location to find. If you have questions you'd like to ask them, feel free to give them a call anytime, 801-235-9800. That's 801-235-9800. Like I said, they need your plasma. They need you to donate. And they're open from the early mornings to late evenings to accommodate your schedule. Open at 5 a.m., open until 8.30 p.m. at night. Feel free to stop by anytime you guys have an opportunity to donate your plasma. And the best part about this all, I probably should mention this right off the top, the more you donate in a month, the more money you're pay- being paid. Yes, you get paid for donating your plasma. And the more you do it in a month, the more money that goes right into your pocket from Biomat USA. So go, go check it out, guys. Tell them that Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. That's Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem. Give them a call anytime you want, 801-235-9800. That's Biomat USA, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. As we wrap things up here on a Tuesday edition of the show, let's get to our player countdown series. Who is the best Cougar to have worn the number six? This might be one of the best finalist groups we have ever had. And a reminder for you guys, if you're new to the show, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCougars. We do daily polls. We've done this since day 100, counting you down to BYU football. Well, number six has some interesting candidates, and I actually thought it would be closer than it actually was in the fan voting. Our finalists in this group are former BYU quarterback Robbie Bosco, obviously the architect and the quarterback of the 1984 National Championship team. He was a finalist, former BYU running back Curtis Brown, who for a time was BYU's leading rusher until Harvey Unga took that. And then, of course, Jamal Williams took that away from Harvey Unga. He was a finalist, former BYU quarterback Mark Wilson, who went on to have a great NFL career with the Oakland Raiders for a time and had some great moments in a BYU uniform before Jim McMahon. Also a finalist at number six. And then, oh, by the way, we have a Doak Walker Award winner, the only in BYU football history, in Luke State. Daily. Think about the number sixes in BYU football history. Some stellar, stellar athletes. And the fan vote today actually went overwhelmingly in favor of Luke Staley. 64.8% of the vote. Robbie Bosco in second place with 28.7%. Mark Wilson, 4.6%. And Curtis Brown in the in the rear with 1.9%. And I have to say, you guys picked wisely, those of you that picked Luke Staley. He is the best athlete to have won the number six in BYU football history, bar none. No argument to be had. I know some of you may want to say, well, Robbie Bosco has a national championship. I get that. What Luke Staley was at the height of his powers when he was fully healthy was the best running back BYU and the state of Utah might have ever seen. I have never seen the size, speed, and strength component put together in an athlete 
maybe Taysom Hill, but he was a quarterback. But Luke Staley was just an absolute machine, and it was unfortunate that his knees gave out on him. He obviously had that broken leg against Mississippi State his senior year there and never really got an opportunity to show what he could do in the NFL. But Luke Staley, man... He was one of the best purebred athletes I have ever seen in a BYU uniform. And I've seen a number of them in my days. I've heard about a number of them from days when I wasn't alive. But Luke Staley, man, what a great athlete. And by the way, I almost got run over by Luke Staley once upon a time. I was a young buck. Uh, my father had secured field passes for myself and him to go uh, watch BYU. I believe it was Nevada in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. And I was standing on the sideline there, kind of minding my business, looking up at the crowd and in awe of how big Lavelle Edwards Stadium is from the field level. And if any of you have been on the field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, just look up at the stands. It is impressive how big of a cathedral that is for football. But as a young buck, I was in 2001. I was probably 13 or 14 years old. Man, I don't know how old I was. But I'm standing there kind of gawking at the crowd. And all of a sudden, my dad grabs me by the back of the shirt and yanks me backwards. Next thing I know, here comes this big burly dude wearing the number six, running full speed at the sideline and just comes trucking right where I was standing. I would have absolutely been destroyed by Luke Staley had my dad not saved my life. And one of those moments you'll never forget. But Luke Staley, the best athlete to have worn the number six in BYU football history. I don't have a hard time disagreeing. I, I don't have a hard time uh, finding anything to disagree with about that. And I, hopefully that made sense. Hopefully that sounded like English. And I apologize for slaughtering the English, English language. I do it almost on the daily. So my apologies for that. But regardless, Luke Staley, are the best athlete to have worn the number six in BYU football history. All right, look, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. I actually had a plan to talk a lot about the six new hybrid linebacker positions for BYU football on today's show. Well, some injury news precluded that. So we'll get to that on tomorrow's edition. And coming up later in the week, we're going to talk with the guys from the Sing Second Podcast, a podcast focused on Navy sports. Catch up with them, talk about the BYU and Navy matchup, what they make of the game, and a whole lot more ahead. Six days to go, folks. We are getting closer and closer to BYU football, and I couldn't be more excited. Have a great rest of your Tuesday whenever you hear this. Make sure to follow the show on social media, by the way, at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Feel free to follow me at Jacob C. Hatch, and feel free to drop the show note anytime you want via email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 1st, 2020. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.